Twitter handle at Religion of Woke, all one word. In Russia, podcast records you. So Robert Wright, he has a bunch of podcasts and YouTube things as part of his company. Um, and he has an employee. He's a 32-year-old Russian. Um, so he's going to talk to this guy about what's going on in Russia because Biden's talking to Putin uh, today, June 16th, 21. So the first interesting thing is that Russians have not been able to buy fancy cheese for several years now. Um, the U.S. has sanctions on them, and I think uh, other European countries do also. I imagine Putin has all the fancy cheese he can eat, uh, but you know it makes you wonder, like, how high up in the government do you have to be before you can eat fancy cheese? You know, get it easily. Uh, you know, is there a thousand people in Russia who can get it easily, and the rest can't? I mean, I don't know. And the sanctions got uh, noticeable um, after Crimea. Crimea is a little piece of land that uh, I think a long time ago it had Tartars on it. Anyways, they got kicked out. Maybe it was a genocide. And then Russians moved in. And then as a, whatever, back when the Ukraine was part of the USSR and everyone loved each other, Russia gave Crimea to the Ukraine. And then when the place split up, it stayed with the Ukraine, even though it's full of Russians. And I think next to Russia, kind of. And then Russia went and took it back, which was against um, international law, but, you know, I think the people of Crimea supported that. Since they, uh, like, they speak Russian, uh, not Ukrainian. They don't quite fit in with Ukraine. There's probably oil in there or something, so, you know, everyone wants to own it. And Russia's in kind of a crazy domestic politics situation right now. There's a guy named Navalny, and he's like, people say, uh, Putin's biggest critic, which is probably true. And he, I guess what, he wants to run against Putin maybe uh, in a general election and see who wins to control Russia. Anyways, Putin ain't going for that. I think he threw the guy in jail. Uh, if you don't money, donate money to his organization, they may throw you in jail. Uh, don't go marching in support of Navalny stuff. So how safe does this 32-year-old uh, feel about talking about Russia and what's going on? <laughs> answering questions about politics and he says like just a couple of years ago i guess they did a similar conversation and he he wasn't uh, he didn't feel threatened at all but now he feels whatever he feels more threatened than he used to but he he's going by the fact that they're doing stuff in english and it's not whatever it's not sweeping the world with uh the podcast so he thinks it will be it can fly under the radar he mentions that uh, some guy wrote a song about there was a terrorist attack in uh, Russia. And some guy wrote a song about it years ago. And uh, he got put into prison for a few months. So you got to be careful, though. Of course, that was all in Russian. Okay, so that guy who wrote the song, like he's not a terrorist himself. He's just, uh, he writes comedy songs, I guess. Anyways, what happened was he got into an online feud with some other crazy songwriter it sounds like and that guy wrote to the government and said hey this guy's a terrorist take him down which has, which has a chilling effect you know if you gotta used to be like oh don't say anything where the government can hear you now it's like don't say anything where someone who doesn't like you can hear you ex-girlfriends for instance so apparently navalny this is putin's adversary was in i think germany and he got poisoned 
Like, you know, Russia had a group of guys whose job it is to go around poisoning people in other countries, and uh, they went and did that to him. Apparently, they put, they put the poison on his underwear. A little weird. So I think Navalny went into a coma, but he lived. So there's some debate as to whether or not this next thing is 100% true. But anyways, after Navalny woke up, he, uh, he called the guy who put the poison on his underwear. And, you know, he got, he got a special phone number, so it looked like he was calling from, you know, he was like the guy's boss from the Russian government. But apparently Navalny has a, you know, he's a famous person, you, you should be able to recognize his voice. Anyways, he just calls the guy, you know, with the fake phone number, and is like, hey, what went wrong, you know, why didn't the guy die? And apparently they talk about it for a half hour, and the guy's like, you know, explaining all the intricacies of poisoning someone and why it didn't work exactly right. And that got put on YouTube, and I guess, you know, tens of millions of Russians have watched that thing. And there's some debate, like, how stupid are these poisoners to not recognize the voice? But, uh, but I think a lot of people also believe it. So, since the internet, and like, especially social media, you know, there's a lot of, like, dictators and whatnot who have been overthrown. Like, you know, the people get together on the internet, and uh, they start marching in the streets, and then... You know, maybe they overthrow the government and everything works out good. Um, you know, Tunisia, maybe. Or in most cases, the whole country just goes to crap. But, Or actually, sometimes the government cracks down with a lot of shooting of the protesters, like Myanmar. But anyways, it's been a problem. So, Russia's got the same problem. People, you know, talking online, saying stuff uh, Putin doesn't like. So what did they do? They created a law about the internet which says that if you take any money from outside of Russia, then um, you are considered a foreign agent. And, you know, basically you can keep doing what you're doing. You know, maybe you're like a, you know, you're doing news, reporting on stuff. But all over your website, you have to have these giant banner ads, I guess, saying this is a foreign agent. This is a foreign agent. And so advertisers do not want to advertise on a website that has a bunch of foreign agent stickers. And so, you know, basically people who are maybe making a living reporting on stuff, uh, now they can't make a living. And so apparently that has really uh, shut down a lot of that internet problem for Putin. All right, so what, what do Russians think of Biden? The answer is they don't. They don't care. You know, it would be nice to get some good cheese, but they don't really care about him either way. They kind of paid attention when Obama was president. They thought that was interesting to have a black president. And uh, obviously, you know, Trump was always doing something crazy. So, uh, you know, I don't think they necessarily liked any of these people or disliked any of these people. But they followed what Trump was doing. And now Biden's in there and uh, they've stopped following information on him. But there is a small number of Russians who follow American politics just as like a hobby. I know, like, Australians, man, they, I think they know our president better than their own president. But anyway, so in Russia, some people do that. And so this guy's like, you know, sometimes he'll be, he'll meet someone who wants to talk about Russian politics, or sorry, American politics, and the guy be like, these social justice warriors, the left is going insane in America. So I thought that was pretty funny. So he mentions a comic strip, and, uh, it's like a patient talking to a psychiatrist, maybe, you know, 
laying there telling his feelings or whatever, and he's like, Doc, these social justice warriors are out of control. And the guy's like, you live in northern Russia. There are no social justice warriors. <laughs> and then, you know, how did Russians feel about uh, Russiagate when the Congress was trying to impeach Trump over being a Russian pawn? Well, basically, they didn't think that Russia chose Trump. Um, basically, they kind of think, they don't think of themselves as, you know, the all-powerful thing, maybe from the Cold War. Uh, they're like, man, we're a small country, and all these other bigger, more powerful countries are pushing us around. And then the idea that, oh, but but we also get to select who's president of America. Whatever, those things just didn't go together. They didn't believe it. So this young Russian guy, he rents a house outside of St. Petersburg, but he's been thinking he wants to buy a house. So he's been looking into properties. And what he's found out is that when you, you see a tall fence and a big fancy house, uh, it's most likely lived in by someone, you know, associated with the police. Or maybe the army or the whatever their thing for the KGB is now. So, you know, the like the cops, right? The people who, uh, they're the ones that can beat people up and they're the ones that can use guns uh, and then not get prosecuted. Uh, they're treated real good by the government, and so they don't really want to rock the boat. Apparently there was a big, there was, you know, not a big one. There was some sort of uprising like 10 years ago, and the uh, protesters, you know, they'd march in the streets and they'd say, we are with the police, the police are with us. Anyways, and that chant didn't uh, last too long because the police uh, kicked their butts and, <laughs> and the government rewarded their police. Like some, some police officer who, whatever, was too violent with uh, some protesters and got in the media, uh, he was given an apartment for what he did to say, hey, we got your back, buddy. And so something the Russians have been paying attention to is Belarus, which I think was a former USSR country. And so I guess they recently had a bunch of protests, like, you know, here, let's see what happens with a bunch of protests in the USSR country. And uh, the protests got put down. The uh, president the people didn't like, he controlled the police, and he still got the power. And this Russian guy, you know, he's like, you know, you know when's, the, when's stuff going to change? And the guy's like, look to 2024. You know, not only will the United States be having an election, presidential, um, Russia, Ukraine, and maybe Belarus will all be having elections in 2024 so if something's going to change you know for the better or for the worse it may be 2024 so look forward to that date so they're talking about uh putin's personality um i guess there's an idea maybe you know this is this is what he wants people to think that he like doesn't care about money he just you know whatever he loves russia and he puts all his time into uh helping russia and he you know almost lives like a monk I think that was one of the things that Navalny really got in trouble for was um, Putin has a mansion. Uh, it's on some ocean. And anyways, he's got a mansion that's like the biggest mansion, the most expensive mansion maybe in the entire world. You know, maybe makes Bill Gates' mansion look like nothing. And in that mansion, he has a float tank, like a sensory deprivation device. It's uh, whatever. You go inside there and you... The water is so salty that it's exactly as heavy as you, so you just float effortlessly. 
and they turn off the lights and they make it the same temperature, the water the same temperature as your body. And after a while, you stop feeling your body. And so you just become a disembodied consciousness, you know, in the dark. And I think it's real trippy. So then they're talking about the guy who invented the float tank. I guess his name is something like John C. Lee. And by the end of his life, he was talking to aliens. So he invented the float tank and he also liked LSD and ketamine. So he can combine all three of those things to get where he wanted to go. And apparently it worked pretty good.